When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield of the Steel Curtain Network coming at you Thursday morning. It's March. It's March. It is the month now that free agency, the league year begins. Wow, it's it, it's it's coming along the off season. Yeah, it's a long one, but there's stages. You know, you get the nice March where you get combine going on right now. More prime time coverage. Not, well, not prime time coverage. More coverage. They bumped the coverage back forward this year because it just didn't seem to work last year. Uh, but it, it'll be covered on NFL Network later today. I'm pretty sure it starts at 3 p.m. I think it's 3 to 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern is is the combine going on. And then you've got the start of free agency in a couple weeks. Uh, then after all that goes on, April, you've got the draft. May, you've got the release of the schedule. Uh, June, you've got OTAs. In July, you've got the start of training camp. So there's at least something to look forward to every month throughout the off season. So March is here. It's time to march on. Uh, as you all may have heard already from whether Scobro show or, um, or, or from Let's Ride, that uh, the transition over from SB Nation to Fan First, fa- sorry, Fans First Sports Network uh, has not occurred at this time because SB Nation just doesn't have all their ducks in a row yet to come through with it. So, uh, you know, kind of, it's uh, one of those deals where, you know, hey, you've got to be out of here 
you know, um, by by a certain time. But you know what? We we can't actually open the door for you to go. So uh, that's kind of how how uh, how it's worked for uh, for for this transition. Hey, it'll be coming eventually. But bottom line is, we're still bringing you all the same podcast. If you're listening to this right now and you aren't subscribed to our network, subscribe because ultimately that's. The, that's what's going to make nothing change. If you're subscribed, whenever we switch networks, all everyone who's subscribed, it'll just change over. It'll just have a different name there. If you're not subscribed, then you might have to go looking for it, and we don't want that to happen. So if if, if you're subscribed, it'll, it'll be right there because that subscription does roll over into the new network, and that's basically what we're being held up with. If it wasn't for that you know, we would just be starting, but uh, that, that, that's a, that's just kind of how it is. I'm not going to get into the, there's not really all kinds of great numbers to get into that, but uh, let's dive into some numbers anyway, because first of all, thank you. I've gotten a number of questions and believe it or not, after all the good questions I'm getting, one of the ones I'm answering today is my own, <laughs> but I still have enough for, for several more episodes. Thanks to you all. And Hey, I'm still taking them. Because if I could take two questions that are on under a similar topic, I'd like to pair them together uh, for for an episode. Uh, so if it might even be something that I have, and oh, here's another good question that goes along with it, and that helps me pair them up a little bit better. So as I say every time for my nerds of steel, it's STLR Superfan Dad. That is the. Um, uh, Twitter handle. Sorry, I had to get there. So it's at STL or super, super fan dad. So if you reach out to me on Twitter, uh, but, or for Gmail, it's the same thing. STL or super fan dad at gmail.com. So give me those numbers questions. I can look up stats, but only if you really like them. What, what I'm doing today is this. So th- this is, this is the direction we're taking today. I did an article recently that was about. NFL fans, I didn't go specifically Steelers fans. I went NFL fans. And how a number of them are obsessed with scoring points. You talk about the Steelers and what they did last year. The Steelers went 7-2. and two. Some fans are like, I don't care. They didn't score enough points. They didn't score enough points to really be successful. They didn't score enough points to really win. Okay, that, Then you don't understand the concept of winning and losing. Um, and, and it was the whole notion of, does scoring points really matter? Or all that matters is that you score one more point than your opponent and you get the the only number that matters, and that is a number in the win column versus a number in the loss column. That's the only number that matters when it really comes down to it. So wins and losses matter the most. Scoring points or surrendering points is the next part of it. But it doesn't have to be one versus the other. And this is the question for the day. Is it offense or defense that wins championships? And my, my point is, does it have to be one or the other? Um, is there more than one way to do this? So it's funny. I actually said in the article, uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And then I realized, uh, is that just something that my grandfather used to say that's, you know, kind of morbid and from the country? Or do people actually know that phrase? I don't know, but I'll use it again here for the podcast. Is that you don't have to win by scoring a bunch of points. You also don't, don't you know, you also can score a bunch of points and not win. So it, it, there's there's more than one way to do this. And what I decided to do this time is, is even after everything, as a little quick aside, I actually had some person call me out on something that I said that I'm like, wow, um, 
then you're just ignoring numbers altogether. Because I also made the statement of, yes, it, it's great to score points because when the more points you are able to score, the more you can overcome a setback, meaning a specifically big setback, like a splash play that, that results in points for the other team. For example, you give up a pick six. If you give up a pick six, it is so much more detrimental in a 17-14 game than it is in a 34-31 game. I actually had people disagreeing with that, that they said that it was more important in the higher scoring games because they gave examples of where these happened in high scoring games. Like there was one in the Super Bowl. They both scored in the 30s. The winning team was the one that scored the pitches. I'm not saying that it's not important. It's important either way. But my goodness, if you if you lose a game 17 to 14 and you give up a pick six, that's something, you know, your defense held the 10 points enough to win the game. It's the, your percentage of points giving, given up on that given, you know, from that given splash play is so much higher in a low scoring game. Therefore, it's harder to overcome than it is in a high scoring game. If it's seven points out of a combined 65 points between the two teams, that's completely different than it's a, if it's a, if it's seven points in a combined 30 points between the two teams. Obviously, there's a big difference there. So the one advantage of being more of the scoring more points crowd is that you can overcome those things. Or on the flip side, if you're one of those teams that that keeps your opponent low scoring, you simply can't give up those plays. Because I think in a perfect world, it doesn't matter if you're scoring a bunch or scoring hardly at all. Don't give up pick sixes. Don't throw interceptions in the end zone when you're on the two-yard line getting ready to score. You know, don't fumble the ball at the goal line. Things like that nature. Uh, things that, that, that either give points to the other team or take away your own points in a low-scoring game are so much more detrimental. I mean, pe- people talk about, even in the Super Bowl, uh, how Kansas City missed the field goal in the first half. They missed, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing. If that game's a, a 13 to 10 game, that field goal is huge. Now, bottom line is that really comes down to the, to the point differential. Of course, it's going to also be huge in a three point game, whether you score in the thirties or in the teens. But when, but when points are so much at a premium, it's much harder to overcome it. You know, what does that do missing that field goal? It might mean if, if it's a high scoring game, a team is probably more likely to, Oh, wow. We're at the 25 yard line and it's fourth and four. You know what? We're going to go for it. Cause we need to try to make up for those three points that, that we lost earlier. It could change in that aspect. You know what that, you know what's going to change in a low scoring game? Ain't no way you're giving up three points. You're giving up the chance of three points in a low scoring game versus a shootout. It's just all in your strategy. So now let's get to the actual numbers that I'm looking at here. And the numbers have to do with specifically the Super Bowl because everyone wanted to come back and say, Oh, well, look at the Super Bowl. Look at the Super Bowl. Teams have to score 30 points in order to win the Super Bowl. All right. Well, that, you know, is that true? The answer is partially. That's the answer. It is partially true because it just so happens that teams in general score 30 points when they win the Super Bowl. But the question is, do they have to? So let's let's look at this real quick. So looking back at the Super Bowls, 57 Super Bowls to look at. All right, the most points scored in a Super Bowl is 55 
And that came in the 1989 season when when uh, San Francisco defeated Denver 55 to 10. Now, another disclaimer I want to throw out there. When I talk about Super Bowls, I talk about the year of the season. Obviously, it's not the year that they took place because junior Super Bowls took take place in January or February. So uh, the game was played in 1990. It was for the 89 season. But they also have Super Bowls that are numbered. I'll be honest with you. Unless the Steelers played in it, I don't remember what number it is. I don't. You're one of the, you want to say, oh, look back at Super Bowl uh, thir- 38. Uh, uh, I'm, I don't, who knows? But if you tell me, oh, look back at the Super Bowl from the 2001 season, guess what? It's it's the Patriots and Rams. Um, or 2002. Oh, that's, that's Tampa Bay and and, uh, and – well, I guess it was, was – I guess they were in Oakland at the time. I couldn't remember if they were Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas, all – one of those teams in there. So, to me, I go by the, by the date of the season um, the, that the regular season occurred. So, just throwing that out there. So, that was in the 1989 season when San Francisco scored 55 points. Okay. Um, the most points scored in a loss, guess what, NFL fans? You just saw it less than a month ago. That's right. In the 2022 season, when Philadelphia scored 35 points and lost to Kansas City, who scored 38, that's the most points in a loss in Super Bowl history. So the the reason I'm putting that out there is because you think, oh, well, just look at this last year's Super Bowl. That was an outlier. That was the most points scored in a Super Bowl by a, a losing team. So therefore, you know, it's the, the most recent thing that's happened, but is it really telling of how things really go? But, but we're going to look at all this here. Now let's look at the fewest points scored in, uh, in a victory in the Super Bowl. That wasn't that long ago. That was 2018. That was, once again, Patriots and Rams, but that was 13 to 3. 13 to 3. Um, you know, scored 13 points, won the Super Bowl in this era. So remember that. Now you look at the fewest points scored in the Super Bowl overall, which is in a loss. Um, and no, there's never been a team that's been shut out. But I just mentioned the one because there's two of them that are tied. You know, you, you had the, the Rams and Patriots, the Rams always scored three points in 2018. Then you have to go back all the way back to 1971 when Dallas defeated Miami 24-3. So the, the Dolphins only scored three points there. So when you look at that. And you're like, okay, that's just some nice numbers. I decided to break down looking at the points scored in wins and, and how many fall into which category. So, so well, in other words, there have been two Super Bowls where the winning team scored over 50 points. Okay? Two of them. Six Super Bowls where the winning team scored in the 40s and 22 Super Bowls where the team has scored in the 30s. So that means in what what is that? In, in in 30 Super Bowls, in 30 of the 57 Super Bowls, the winning team has scored 30 or more points. Like, well, that's pretty but remember, then in 27 of them, they didn't. Oh, that must have been back a long time. Not necessarily, not necessarily, because there was 21 uh, times where the winning team scored in the 20s and six times where the winning team scored in the teens. They didn't even reach 20 points in the Super Bowl and won the game. So that that does look pretty interesting. 
but you're like, okay, so I'm, you're kind of making uh, an argument that, you know, scoring 30 points is what you need to do in the Super Bowl. Well, just because teams do it doesn't mean that they have to, because look at this. Now let's look at the points scored by the losing team. Four times, four times a team has scored 30 points in the Super Bowl and lost, one of which was this past year. Only four. So that means there, there's only been four Super Bowls where the other team had to score more than an opponent that scored in the 30s. If you look at how many of them scored in the 20s, it was 15. You know, the losing team scored in the 20s 15 times. So I can tell you one of those was 29 points, um, one, one of the losing ones. So that means technically five of them you would have had to score 30 because, uh, you know, obviously if the opponent scores 29 and you want to win, you got to score 30. So, so if you think of it in, in that respect, that's not nearly as many Super Bowls to where you had or the team had to score that many points. Then you look at how many Super Bowls had, had teams scoring in the teens. 27 times did the did the losing team score in the teens in the Super Bowl. So that means – oh, and then 11 times where they scored single digits. 11 single digits. So that means, oh, it was pretty, pretty, pretty telling that 30 of, the, 30 of the 57 Super Bowl winners scored 30 points or more. Yeah, but also look at this. 38 or more of the losers in the Super Bowl never got to 20 points. 38 of them of the 57 never got to 20 points. So do you really need to score 30? Or is it more important to score to hold your opponent to under 20? All right. So just something to think about. So just to put it in context, I also did some point differential, okay? In the Super Bowl, to put all these numbers in context together, okay. Uh, of the 57 Super Bowls, 22 of them were decided by what is deemed today as one score or less. And the reason I say deemed today, not there hasn't always been a two-point conversion, but I've just kept, I kept the number straight across the board uh, where the margin of victory was was one to eight points. All right, 22 times it was with it was eight points or less. 15 times it was nine to 16 points, so that two-score range. In there, so that right there is thirty-seven points. There was within thirty-seven Super Bowls of the fifty-seven with within two scores. Eleven of them were between seventeen and twenty-four points, and nine Super Bowls were by twenty-five or more points, the margin of victory. So that means twenty Super Bowls, the 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 margin of victory was seventeen points or more. So you can see some of these big numbers. And you're like, oh, look at all that. That's because teams, look, I mean, because 20 times teams were winning by, by more than two scores, more than two scores, 17 points or more. So just because they're scoring a lot of those points, it doesn't mean that they had to because they had a big margin of victory. So I decided to then, last thing to kind of put a bow on this before we go into the second half, is I decided to say, okay, let's look at just the average points scored in a Super Bowl. I mean, if ultimately it's about winning championships, in order to win the championship, you got to win the Super Bowl. So I looked at points scored, and what I did is I did for the last five Super Bowls, the last 10, which also included the last five, the last 20 Super Bowls to get an idea of what kind of errors we're looking at, and then all 57 Super Bowls. So, so, so this is really interesting, especially for people that are like, oh, well, you have those lower scoring ones, you know, back in the 70s when it was all about defense and the rules were different and everything else. Well, listen to this. In the last five Super Bowls, 
the average score of the of the winning team, the average point scored by the winning team is 27.2 points. 27.2 points. I'll go ahead and spoil it. That is the lowest number of any of these four breakdowns that I have for points scored. There you go. So it's not that it's all over. They're scoring more points. No, because remember, last five Super Bowls, that goes back to the one that the final score was 13 to three. So you could say, well, that one's an outlier. Okay, you could call that one an outlier. I, I also think you could call this past year's that an outlier too on the other end. So that looking at the last 10 Super Bowls, the average points scored by the winner was 30.6. If you go back for the last 20 Super Bowls, it dips back down, but not as low as what it was in the last five, of 28.7. Then you go back all Super Bowls, every Super Bowl that they've had, the average score of the winning team is 30.1 points. So you're like, see, that's why you need to score 30 points to win the Super Bowl. Okay, do you need to? Or does it help that you do? Because think, that's a 30 average. That means you've got ones that are higher and ones that are lower. Now let's look at the average of the losing team's scores. Okay? Over the last five years, it's 17.4. 17.4. The team that lost the Super Bowl scored on an average of 17.4 points. The last 10 years was 19.0. The last 20 years was 19.7. Notice these numbers were going up as you went back. But then when you go back all the way to include the 70s, it dips back down to the lowest of them all of 16.5. All right, so 16.5 points average by the losing team. All right, so what's more important to score 30 points or to hold your point or to hold your opponent under 17 points. That's the ultimate question. And what it is, it depends on the style of team you are. The Pittsburgh Steelers, based on where they were in 2022, they're not the style of team to score the 30 points in a game. So what do they need to do in order to win? They've got to hold their opponent under 17. If they were if the Steelers somehow made the playoffs this past year, somehow ran the gauntlet of going to Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City to get there, and they got to the Super Bowl, do you think they would have been a team that was looking to score 30 points or a team that was focused on trying to keep their opponent under 17? To me, it's obvious that it's the second one. Now, it's not like you can't try to do both. It's just the Steelers weren't built that way. They only scored over 30 points one time this past season, and they lost. Okay, so scoring 30 points is not is, is not the magic recipe for, for victory. Okay, that's not the kind of game the Steelers are wanting to play. So for those that are wanting to say that it's all about the points, the Steelers offense needs to get better. Yeah, the Steelers offense needs to get better. Absolutely. Would it be better for them to score more points? Yes, it would. But you know what? If they average five more points a game scored, but then they also average seven more points a game surrendered, Forget it. I don't want it. You, you, you're, you're taking a net loss because it only works better to score more points if you're also not giving up as many points as what you were before. So yeah, it, you don't want to. You don't. 
ultimately you want your points scored to go up and the points given up to go down. But if they both go up, then you need the ones you score to go up more than the ones that, of what you give up. I, I, I think my nerds of steel can figure out these numbers. You got it. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Come back. I'm answering another question. This was the one that I was going to answer last week, uh, but I ran out of time, so I am ready to do it this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. When the I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, here we go with another question here for StatGeek. This one is one, I it was a two-parter that I was given before, and I answered one part of it already. So here's the other part. Uh, this comes from Dave McLaughlin, and I'm not going to read the beginning part um, that, that, um, that, that he did for it because I've already read this stuff for you. He's like, first question is, can you provide me with Mike Tomlin's winning percentage to start the season versus end the season? He's like, I can just, and he gives it up to me to decide how I'm going to divide this up. Um, You could do it by month or weeks or whatever, however I want to do it. You know how I'm going to do it. I've I've done this before, but I, I, I like to update this. I do it by quarter because when the NFL season was 16 games, that's how teams approached it. Specifically Mike Tomlin. You got a first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and they were four games each. Now, with the 17-game season, I still think you do the same thing, but one of those quarters, you throw in the extra game. And to me, you don't throw it in the first or the last. Do you throw it in the second or the third based on the buy? So here's what I'm going to do. The Steelers have two two years in there that they've now had 17 games. In 2021, I'm putting their extra game in the – first quarter because of where their buy fell it made sense because the first quarter you know four games then for the second quarters they had two games by two games it just kind of made sense with the buy in the middle there rather than have it set a set apart one game you had two games going into the buy two games coming out of the buy made sense to put the extra game in the second quarter this past season i like putting it in the third quarter because you had eight games before the bye that's first quarter second quarter you come in the third quarter i put the extra game there because i almost looked at that baltimore game at home as its own 
I've talked about it a lot, that that was such a key game for me because it was basically a transition from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. And they didn't win that game. I thought that meant the Steelers were done. But what do you – because I didn't – you know, I'm like, it's too much to ask them to run the table to win all four of their last games. What do you know? They turned around, they did it. So – there it is. So they, they did that, made it really, really close, but that's the way it went. So I'm breaking up these quarters, going back under Mike Tomlin and looking at how they did uh, in, in, in which quarter of the season you know, might be the best. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the worst one by far is quarter number one to start the season. The Steelers under Mike Tomlin are 33-30-1 in games one through four since 2007. One time they've gone 4-0, and I think we know when that was. That was in 2020 when they started 11-0. Five times they've gone 3-1. and one. Twice they've gone – twice, sorry. Five times they've gone 2-2. Two and two. Four times they've only won one game because three of them were 1-3. and three. And another one was one, two, and one because they tied in week one. And then once in there, they went 0 and 4. And that was the 2013 season when they had that 0 and 4 start and then fought back and almost made the playoffs. Uh, that was, you know, Le'Veon Bell's rookie year. He didn't play, I think, until week four because of injury. And then things started to turn around because they had their bye after that because they, that, we, that week four game was in London against the Vikings. So quarter number one, worst one under Mike Tomlin, it's still 33-30-1. He still doesn't have a losing record in that quarter. So then you, you say, what about quarter number two? Quarter number two, that's the best quarter for Mike Tomlin. So it's it's you struggle to start, then you make it up in the next quarter. The Under Mike Tomlin, the Steelers are 47-17-1. Under Mike Tomlin, in the second quarter. Now that one was that tie against the the, the Lions year before last. So that's actually that actually goes into the year that they had an extra game in in the uh in in the second quarter because that's what because they had they had two by and then two. So the Steelers have actually gone five times they've won four games in the second quarter. They've gone four and oh four times, and once they went four oh and one in that in twenty twenty one. And they've gone three and one seven times. And then they went two and two twice and one and three twice. They've The Steelers have never gone through the second quarter of the season and not won at least one game. So that's the strongest quarter under Mike Tomlin. So start slow, get going. Third quarter, the Steelers overall under Mike Tomlin are 41 and 24. Uh, one time the Steelers have gone four and zero. Oh. Ten times they've gone with three wins. They've gone three and one nine times, and they were three and two this past season because, you know, having that extra game. Uh, Then the Steelers, uh, three times they were two and two. Once they were one and three. And back in 2009, they were 0 and four in the third quarter of the season, which really kind of uh, struck them back. But uh, you might remember that season and can remember how, how that went. So that was the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, slightly better. So it's the second best quarter out of all of them, 42 and 22. The Steelers have gone 4-0 and three times under Mike Tomlin in the fourth quarter of the season. They've gone 3-1 and eight times, 2-2 two and two once, and 1-3 and three four times. And then there's no times that they didn't win a game in the, in the, in the last quarter of the season. The Steelers have not had four, four games 
Uh, they've not finished the season on a four-game losing streak under Mike Tomlin. That just hasn't happened. Uh, you know, you, you think of those years where the Steelers kind of fell apart. Even, I mean, one of those uh, years where they were one and three was 2020 when they started 11 and 0, but then they, they fell off at the end of the season and we had that one win in the final quarter of the season. And what happened? They limped into the playoffs and got smacked. So it's really important to be playing well at the end of the season. Those, the teams that aren't for the Steelers are ones that aren't, if they played well at the beginning of the year, they're not going to do much in the postseason. It really comes down to finishing strong. Um, I've said it a lot of times. What the Steelers need to do in the in the first half of the season is is stick around. They didn't stick around enough this past year. They were two and six. So you stick around in the first half of the season. If you really want to be a team that can go and do something in the playoffs and can go all the way to and win the Super Bowl, whether it be offensively or defensively, based on what we talked about in the first half, what what you've got to do. Is is end on a on a crazy good streak. I mean, it doesn't have to be a perfect streak, but you don't want to limp into the playoffs. A lot of times, teams that, that do well, it's not that they they finish poorly the last four games. I mean, I still continue to use uh, the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under Tom Brady as as an example. That team, they had they they had their uh, a game over Thanksgiving weekend. Their bye was the next week in December. Lost their week. They lost going into their bye. They came out of their bye and never lost again. They won every game the rest of the season and all the way through through the playoffs. Teams that get on good winning streaks are ones that can really make noise. Now, sometimes a team might falter because of you know, resting players. I'm I'm still not an advocate of that. Oh my goodness! And I've I've broken this down in in things in years past that. Uh, if a team has a bye and they rest their quarterback the last week of the season where they have two weeks off, their winning percentage in the playoffs is not good. They lose more than they win. So to think, get a bye and not even win your next game because you just it just hasn't worked out well. The Steelers took advantage of that in the 2005 season when they when the Colts rested their players the final week of the season, had to buy, came out flat. Steelers did enough then and, and held on to win the game. So... It's all up to me. The first quarter, which is where the Steelers will do as well, that is, to me, that is the least important in quarter of them all. It really is. You, if you start strong, you're just setting yourself up better. But how many times do we say, hey, beware the team that starts really fast and falls off? Look at the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, they were the, they were the next to last team to lose their, their first game of the season. They were undefeated, and the Eagles were undefeated. And look at the Dolphins. They were still, you know, in there and in contention uh, when the Steelers played them. That was after they had lost a couple games. Tua had been out. Then he comes back. They kind of really fell off and, and limped. I mean, they had to beat a bad, bad Jets team who was playing terrible at that time of the year. I'm like, man, I wish the Steelers played the Jets that time of the year. They were playing, I mean, Joe Flacco, let's just say, that's all I have to say. But they had, that's the only win that they had over their last, oh, I don't know how many games was that game against the Jets. And they they actually, you know, gave a game to the the Bills uh, more than many expected. But then the Bills didn't give, put up much of a fight the next week. Um, 
but you don't want to be that team that loses, you know, five of your last six going into the playoffs. That's not a recipe for a team that somehow just turns it on in the postseason and goes. So to me, that's how teams have done under Mike Tomlin. The first quarter, you know, 33-30-1 is that record. That's But sometimes that it's that first quarter. Think that. Steelers went one and three in the first quarter this last year. They win one more of those games, they're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. The 4-0 at the end couldn't couldn't save them. So Mike Tomlin's teams, generally, they don't start as well. They bounce back more in the second quarter, and then they maintain pretty good in the third and fourth quarter with not much of a drop-off, and they try to finish strong. So that answers that question, hopefully, that under Mike Tomlin, that's the way it goes. They don't start strong. Their actually strength is in that second quarter of the season and then, you know, pretty solid throughout the second half. There we go. Ooh. Make sure you are checking out all our family of podcasts. Uh, we had the debut of uh, Jim Wexel's podcast on, on the network yesterday. I'm really hoping because at the time I record this, that podcast, for some reason, there's a problem with Apple Podcasts and it has not gone out on Apple. It's gone out on every other on. Uh, every other place to get podcasts, but not on Apple Podcasts. So if you're an Apple subscriber, hopefully you're even listening to this because I don't know if there's a problem going on there or not. But make sure you check out that one. Um, and of course, after after me today, we've got the What Yin's Talking About coming out at noon. we got the Steelers preview tonight. Um, lots of good stuff, lots of great things, trying to do everything we can to continue to bring it even in this part of the season or off season uh, before things get ramped up. Hey, thanks. Thanks for, for taking the time to listen. Uh, if it wasn't for you all, there'd be no reason for me to talk into a microphone. Um, it's, it's the fact that you all are great. Um, my nerds of steel and the rider doc crew, everyone that listens to the, to the, um, steel curtain network family of podcasts. So, uh, and also, you know, make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain.com. As Jeff says, that website still exists and that's where you'll see a lot of us still writing there. So once again, reach out to me if you have any stats questions. And as I always say to finish these out, thanks for geeking out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.